Welcome to episode 108, Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy. My dear friend Henny, how are you today? I'm quite well. Quite well. Can't, cannot complain. You know what happened the other day to me? And I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, you know, it was fine. But so someone, I don't even remember who it was. Someone said to me, like, you know, you know, how are you or how are things going or whatever? And I said, oh, you know what? Quite well. Like I said, you know what? I can't, I can't complain. And then their response to me was, well, you could. It was supposed to be like a, like a funny little cutesy, like retort to like, well, you know, you could complain because anyone can complain about things, but like, yeah. not do. but like, it also kind of felt like, do I normally complain to you? Like, is that what you're insinuating here? But like, it wasn't that because this is not whoever it was who said that to me was like, it, it definitely wasn't like a person, like a cashier at a grocery store, but because, because I go to self-checkout, but <laughs> so I know that's not who it was, but it was a person of that like level of, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. but this was not a person that I was even, a, even an acquaintance of, let alone a friend. And yeah. like, it was just such a strange retort. Of course you, you, you have the ability to be able to complain. You choose not to. Yeah. Well, isn't it, isn't it a, I mean, I mean, we have these automatic like responses that we say, and then we never really think about what do they actually mean? You know, like I can't complain. I don't know if I've told you this. I feel like this is probably a story that I've told you. It might even be a story that I've told on the podcast, but I, I don't think so. So, but this is something that, that like, this is a legit story that happened to me and or maybe that I was a part of didn't really happen to me. <laughs> so I was, I was a theater major in university and as a part of the major, like you took a variety of different classes. So you took theater history stuff, you took like a whole bunch of different things, but you also, a part of the major was performance. And I will never forget that one of the performance classes that I took, it was, um, a 70, I think it was a 75 minute class twice a week. And the class sort of ran the same way every time. So we always started the same way. We always ended the same way. And then what happened in the middle was a little bit different depending on what it was. Well, we always started by standing in a circle in the black box theater and going around the circle and like people would say how they were. In hindsight, my openness to a lot of things we did in that class was locked tight, firmly shut, you know, like, like there was very yeah. little openness. And a lot of what we did in that class, I didn't realize the benefit of it, or I didn't understand what the prof was trying to get from us until years later. But this was one of those things that like it drove me crazy like and every time twice a week we stood in a circle with a group of like 20 you know 18 to 22 year olds talking about how we were and like and some people like you mm. knew there were certain people that every single time like twice a week they had a whole story to tell you about like how terrible their life was and how awful things were and all these things and like 
And for the whole semester, Sandy, when it was my turn, I said, I'm fine. fine. <laughs> the whole semester. And I and a and a friend of mine was in the class with me. And we always stood on opposite sides of the circle because I just needed to know that someone else in this room thought that this was as ludicrous as I did. <laughs> but like, but I know that it like I really know that the prof was not impressed with with my response to this whole situation. <laughs> and like, and in retrospect, <laughs> I was, you know, not behaving well. Like I like that like that was immature of me to to behave that way. I didn't think so at the time. Like at the time I was so annoyed with all these other people. Like, can we just get on with the class? Like why are we doing this? Like, but you know, and so I recognize now that it's important to identify like kind of socio-emotionally where you are, especially if you're about to do something where you have to be a little bit vulnerable or where you have to be a little bit, um, you know, in a situation that could feel a little threatening or whatever. So like, I recognize that. And so me just saying, I'm fine, thanks, every time for a semester wasn't, you know, the best way to deal with the situation. But like, truly, these people who just went on and on and on and on and on with their whole life story, I don't think that was appropriate either. <laughs> so, Henny, in all honesty, I think that if you were in, an, in a class like that right now or in a group and you had to do some sort of, you would have exactly the same response. You're not wrong, Sandy. And if it was somewhere where you could have your phone in your hand and you could be texting the person who's across from you, 100% to say, this is ridiculous. Waste of time. I've been the recipient of, of those text messages, so I know. So you're not fooling anyone here. You're not wrong about any of that, Sandy. I mean, I'd like to think... I'd like to think that depending on the situation and the group of people that were there, that that I might be more willing to say, like, I'm having a real rough day. You are 100% correct that I would not expand on anything. But I'd like to think that that I might say more than just I'm fine. Yeah. And and in fairness, <laughs> and, and in fairness, it would really, it. you're right. It would depend on the group of people. It would depend you, on yeah. the group of people, for yeah. sure. For sure. And what, whatever the reason was, if it was like a, a, a team building sort of thing, you'd more than likely, like if it was with like peers of yours, like at school, you wouldn't say much. No, I wouldn't. No, you are 100%. Like for sure. Like if, if my colleagues and I all yeah. got together for some team building activity and the first thing was go around a circle, <laughs> you best believe I'd say, fine, thanks. Move, yeah. move on. Let's yeah. go. Yep. And in your head, you would know exactly how everybody else was going to respond to. I just got me thinking because you were saying, you know, that we have these like go-to responses, but I think the answer to how are you is one of those like mm -hmm. go-to responses that we all have. Yes. And like, how often have you, and I mean, I'm not saying you and like you, Sandy, because me too, you know, but how often do we ask someone you know like say hey how are you while we're walking past them and like mm -hmm. we're already past if we really wanted to hear about how they were we like that yeah. whole interaction would have happened very differently 
Well, well, but, and, but that's just it. That's why, you know, people, it's, it's very hard to believe that people actually want to know. Mm. And the other, you know, side of it is that when we, when we ask people and then they actually tell us something, we don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you're just supposed to say everything's great. Yeah. That's what you're supposed yeah. to say. You were supposed not to actually say fine to tell me because I don't have time for that today, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's truly what what we've, I think, in the most part, have have got to a point with yeah. with that, um, you know, everyday. I'm not not transactions, but interactions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but I think transaction is a good word because yeah. this is it is an interaction that has become very transactional, right? Like, yeah. like this is what we do when we get to this point. In order for me to go past, like, in order for me to pass point A to get to point B, I must say this. You must say this in return, right? Like, it, yes. it does sort of become that. Yeah. Okay, so here's a question for you. This is, I, I do have two, like, I think interesting things to talk about, but then, but something just came to me and we have to go there first. So only because we're talking about like yeah. sort of conversational interactions, the how are you question at the beginning, do we actually mean for that to be answered or not, blah, blah, blah. And so now I'm thinking about small talk. Oh, yep. Would you, like, would you consider yourself a person who's good at small talk or not? No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not either. Yeah, I'm not very good at it. I'm... And like, okay, so are you not good at it because you don't like it or you're not good at it because like there's something about it that is like difficult or like, wh why do you think you're not good at it? Yeah, I'd say 99% of the time it's because I dealing with the like either imposter syndrome or I don't belong or I'm I I'm not smart like I'm not smart enough. I don't want to say something stupid or it just doesn't really come naturally to me. Yeah. It but it, a lot of it it depends on the situation and who else is at the table, how big the group is. I mean, there's a lot of different things, but most of the time I'm, I'm just actually very shy. Um, yeah. And, and I have no problem engaging, but I also really have a problem with t saying too much, mm -hmm. like sharing too much. And and that's not good either. And then I regret it. Like I have. Uh, ah, okay. So you feel like y you're inclined to share too much, and yeah. then you, and then you're not happy about what it is you've shared. Yeah, because sometimes, and it really is is if someone is asked about a specific thing where I could have just chose not to. To it's it's somebody once once said it's like the it's a vulnerability or a hangover, you know, right. after you've said that, and. and or that I feel like I have shared so much that now that person kind of feels like, oh, what am I supposed to do with all of that? And I didn't expect mm. anything from, I don't expect anything, but they feel like, mm. I, you know, and so it's a, it's a very, it's not even small talk. It's way too, yeah. it's beyond small talk. Yeah. It, it so it's sort of like deep and meaningful <gasps> conversation 
in the place where small talk was what was socially acceptable. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. What I, yeah, what I have got better at is when I know that I'm right about something and someone else is wrong, where I don't have to, unless it's my husband, um, you know, or my mom, then um, <laughs> but I'm usually like, no, I know I'm right. I know I'm right. I know I'm right. I will be like, I'm 99% sure, but I could have it wrong. Like I, that's what, that's what I thought it was. And then, but then I will make sure that I go and double check. Yeah. And I've gotten better at not always than having to point out that I was right. <laughs> right, right, right. So you're getting better at sort of backing off the conversation, just letting it go. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let sleeping dogs lie. As yeah. So, so basically I suck at small talk, but then I like over once I'm engaged in something, I, I okay. say too much. Okay. And then I, ha and then I feel like I have to tell people when they're wrong and that I'm right. Right. Yeah. I, I also am not particularly great at small talk. Yeah. And I've been thinking about that a fair bit. Like I've been thinking about why it is that I'm not very good at it. I mean, I think I'm not very good at it because for the most part, I don't like it the shallowness of the conversation mm. when it's small talk, like I'm just, and I think that's what you're kind of like, I wonder if that's what you're experiencing without you actually saying that, because what you've said is like, I'm not very good at small talk, but then when I'm engaged in a conversation, I go too deep. And I think maybe that's for me yeah. is that with small talk, like there's nothing to like, for me, I can't find something to engage in. Like I, mm. I don't, I don't. Yeah. Like I'm just not, uh, interested enough in this conversation, you know? And so then for mm -hmm. me, it's like, okay, so in order and maybe, and this is really why I'm talking about this because I'm looking for a strategy and I'm hoping <laughs> you have one. Yeah. <laughs> so for I'm, me, I'm it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when you're on a first date and it's like, you need to, okay, so you're like, okay, so I'm going to be sitting with this person or maybe not even a, like a first date, like a romantic date, but like a first meeting, a first coffee with a person, right? Like, so, so you're meeting with this person. You're like, okay, so I need an hour's worth of things to talk about, mm -hmm. you know? And so then I always feel like I need to go into an event like that or a situation like that with a list of like here are all the things that I could talk about, you know, like I could say something about this or I could ask about that or like, because I, I feel like if I don't have a plethora of things like at the ready, then there's going to be nothing to say because I'm not an oversharer. Well, that's a, that's the thing you would never get to the, it would, I'm not going to say never, but it would be in a rare occasion that you would get, you would feel very like engaged enough to share with people. Like you would rather just keep everything very close to you yeah. because that's who, you, because that's who you are. But, but you do that a lot because you think people don't, aren't interested. Correct. But you never give people an opportunity to be interested. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, that's like, I mean, you, you, you do that even with like your own, like, health journey and, and challenges in that you, you're just kind of like very mom about, about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and, 
and about you know things in your family. But if people asked you, you have no problem with telling them. Yeah, that is. You're true. just not. You're not forthright with it. Yeah, yeah. But if they, but if you get asked a direct question, so what? I know. I know that feeling is like. I think sometimes the hard part is, Henny, is that if we have small, try to like, we already feel awkward about the small talk. Correct. You, you are certain to talk to somebody, but that person also may be someone that struggles with the small talk. That is the worst. Yeah. Like Phil is very, very good. Phil will just keep asking questions because he said people love to talk about themselves. Yeah. You just keep asking questions. So you, it's only when you know that people are actually interested in the conversation, will they ask you a question? Yeah, yeah. Us as a couple, him and I, find that nine times out of ten, we can be with people for like a whole evening and walk away, and they have not learned anything about anything. Yeah, yeah. They don't yeah, know if we have. Yeah, we. They don't know if we have. We have children. They. They don't know anything. They know nothing about us. That's that is crazy to me. Yeah some people are just not in tune to it either. And they can just carry on a conversation about themselves. (laughs) A one-sided conversation. You know, you know who are people who are good at small talk and shouldn't be actually? (laughs) (laughs) Dental hygienists. (laughs) (laughs) Am I right? Now, if you're a dental hygienist and you're listening, thank you for what you do. You you have a very important job. I'm always so pleased when my hygienist takes care of my teeth. But don't ask me questions when you've got the things in my mouth and the and the sucker thing is like sucking saliva out my like. So I couldn't even even if I could talk, I couldn't because my mouth is so dry. Yeah, honestly. And so you're like, ah, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> you know, it's so strange to me. However, like I get it because otherwise it's like, you know, silence for 45 minutes while they're scrape, scrape, scraping, you know, like yeah. the asking questions is a good yeah, strategy. You just, you need like if you're going to go with the question asking strategy, you need people to respond to the questions. That's the thing. And, and, right. and when and they don't, and that's, that's the thing with small talk is that yeah. with any sort of talk, there has to be some sort of dialogue, right? Like otherwise yeah. it just becomes you doing a monologue, filling the space. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Sandy. So I've got a couple things for you today. One, mm-hmm. I just finished a book. Shocker. (laughs) And the book was called Set Boundaries, Find Peace. And it just Mm. came out this year. It's a it's 2021. And the author is I'm I'm afraid that I'm going to mispronounce her name. The author is Nidra Glover Tawab. Okay. And she is um a psychologist of some sort and she well clearly her specialty is boundary setting mm-hmm. and and so she works with all sorts of different people young and old married and single like all sorts of different um people who, who are struggling in all different areas of life but and whether or not they realize it in most cases 
the real issue that that they're dealing with is the lack of boundaries or um or boundaries that aren't working or something something to do with boundaries that they have with the people in their lives and there were a lot of things in the book that really resonated with me because they're things that I've heard you say before um either something that you came across and something that you were reading or listening to and and so it's a lot of the same kind of ideas like one of the things being you know when you're trying to when you're trying to set some sort of a boundary you know she says start with like the the people that are farther away from you mm. because those are easier boundaries to set because there's not as much emotional investment right yeah and practice setting yeah with those people so that when it comes to people who are closer to you you've you you've got you know you've got a few boundaries under your belt you know and yeah there were a few things that she said like that that uh, that I was like oh yeah Sandy Sandy's talked about that before that's something that's familiar to me so but there were a few things that I took some notes about that I thought were particularly interesting so one thing is just you know just in general she talks about the difference between boundaries that are healthy and boundaries that aren't. And so she said, when a boundary is not healthy, it could be unhealthy for one of two reasons. It could be porous, meaning that it's not clear, it's not specific, or she said that it's not consistent, that mm. sometimes you have that boundary, but sometimes you don't. She said, or the other issue is that a boundary could be too rigid. And so... Yeah like a strict rule and she said in those cases boundaries are kept to kept to keep people or things out mm. rather than you know to maintain a healthy relationship between you and whatever that other thing is and so she was mostly talking about boundaries with people but I think given our conversation from last week I think this could be applied to boundaries that we set for yeah. ourselves related to food as well right like the mm -hmm. difference between you know a boundary that is so strict that it's like I cannot have this I am never having this whereas you know we need to find a healthy boundary and so she said when you have a healthy boundary you are clear about what's important to you you share appropriately so not oversharing <laughs> or un or undersharing um, you know, you can, you can say no to things without having to apologize for it. You, you listen to your own opinions and your own ideas and you make sure that those are listened to by others as well. Like these are all, you know, things about a healthy boundary. So, so that was sort of where she started. And then one of the things that she was saying is when you're trying to, uh, state a boundary, whether that's, you know, about how often you talk to someone, how much time you spend with someone, um, what conversations you're willing to have with certain people or not, like whatever that boundary might be. She said, you can't apologize. So she said, you can't start by saying, like, I'm sorry if this is difficult, but this is what I need. Or she said, you can't say, well, I think that what would be best is maybe like if it's okay if we did, you know, she said, as soon as you state your boundary with that, like 
starting point, you're really telling the person you're not 100% sure about this boundary Mm -hmm. so they can push back. Yeah. And, or it's up for debate or conversation. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that's really, because how often, like, I'm just thinking of even like, and, and this was an example that came up in the book a few times. And like, there were a lot of things in the book that I was like, Ooh, that's, that sounds like me. Ooh, that, that sounds like my life, you know, like, and so one Mm -hmm. of the examples, like saying no to attending certain things. Yeah. You know, she said, if you are not going to attend something, she's like, you don't need to say like, I'm so sorry, I can't be there. I really yeah. wish I could. But because as soon as you say that, then the other person thinks that you really wish you could. And so maybe they're going to mm-hmm. try and find a way to make it so that you can attend or yeah. you know, or what, or they're going to keep pressuring you to say like, yeah, you can't, are you sure you can't, are you sure you can't be? And it's not, that's not on them. That's on you. Yeah. Because you, you did that to, you know, I did that to myself by not just saying, I'm not going to be able to attend, you know, congratulations or have a great time or, you know? Yeah. We, you, yes, hundred percent. And so around boundaries I've I had actually two 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 people that I met through WW um who who very different times in my life have said things and it was a surrounding boundaries that have has they always stick with me and okay and I've been able and I use both of these strategies like they were great so yeah. one one was uh, with regard to over committing or saying yes to things when you don't want to do them right. because someone has asked you to do them. Yes. And, and so, you know, she had said it took me a lot of years of like therapy to finally when, you know, realize that I don't need to respond immediately when someone asked me uh, for something. Yes, yes, yes. I can leave it. Because, and this is something that I've said many times, is we all have those people in our life that we know will never say no to us. Mm-hmm. And so who are, when we need something done, who do we go to first? Absolutely. You go to the person you know is going to say yes. You go because to the person who, who you know is already busy, so they're going to put one more thing on their pile. Yeah. You go to the person who's shown themselves to be competent because you know they're competent, so they're going to be able to do your thing too. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's easy for you because you're like, whew okay, that's done. I can move on to the next thing. But if you actually don't respond immediately, they've already found someone else nine times out of 10. When you go back and say either, yes, I can, or no, I'm sorry. Oh, no problem. I've already got that covered. So you, you didn't need to worry that they were not going to find someone else to do it or that they were like anxiously waiting, you know, for you to respond to that. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's one, one great piece of advice around setting boundaries. The second one is around people asking about, um, talking about your weight. Okay. And so this is someone that I met at a workshop in Toronto and she said it, it was always about her mom and sister, always about her weight, her weight, her weight. And Finally, she said to her family, we, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to discuss anything with you, but I'm not going to discuss this with you anymore. And, she's, and, and she was very good about it. She said every time it would come back up because she, have to, she was you gently remind them. Mm-hmm. You remember, we're not speaking about that. And you just carry on the conversation without making it a big deal. Yeah. And she's because 
we're human and sometimes we need those gentle reminders without it being, why do you keep bringing it up? I already told you, I'm not talking about this. And so that I use because I, my mother likes to really be, she's very engaged and invested in U.S. politics. (laughs) Right. To a, to a level that I'm actually shocked that she knows all the names of the players and who they are and everything. Right, right. I am not going to engage in that conversation mm-hmm. because it just, it's, it's, it becomes her trying to convince me, me trying to convince her. There's yeah. no one, we're never going to pull the other person to each other's side. No. And so now I actually say, mom, I'm not going to have this conversation with you. Yeah. I'm not going to, I mean, remember, I'm not going to talk to you about, about that and and now she'll be like oh yeah and then she just carries on with something else something else yeah it's not a big thing but it didn't start out like that it would always start out with like hanging up on each other like really bad because yeah I'd be just like what are you talking about (laughs) you know yeah Um, so I think those are the things that just like you're talking about that you need to be it's not just about setting the boundaries but it's about those reminders about them Mm mm-hmm because people will try to push them or, you know, open them again to, yeah. to purposely see and not purposely. I think exactly. I think both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really, I, I've heard you say both of those things before and I really, I liked them the first time that I heard them and I liked them this time too. Like it's good to, it's good to have those reminders. Right. Yeah. And, and it's just like, uh, what you said in the beginning is like you have to practice those with the people that are not super close to you because that gives you the confidence. It was a book I read that's yeah, I it I must have been which because book it is yeah. Anyway, because I remember distinctly you telling me about yes. and at the time me thinking that is so clever, and then yeah. and the author of this book says the exact same thing, and I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, because because the book was a it actually gave examples of you get an email that someone you know in one of the departments is sent out about my you know sponsor my kid for right. you know, blah 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 and then you feel obligated to do it but you don't even know who this person is or or there's like a sh- baby shower for someone that you've seen once you know in passing and it's on a Sunday and you want to spend time with your family but you kind of feel obligated mm-hmm. and, I, and you know and, and and so when you start saying no to those people it becomes much much easier um to say no I really like that yeah yeah okay carry on okay so another thing that she was talking about in this book was this is fascinating to me and it's it's kind of similar to things that we were already talking about today but she said often when people are talking to you and particularly when they're telling you about either complaining or telling you about something that is like going badly or something they're upset about. She's like, you really, she said it sometimes you, if you are the person who's unloading on someone else, then a way that you can help with the boundary that you have between you and that person is to let them know what you're looking for. And she said, and if someone is unloading on you, then you can ask them what, and, and 
and I think yeah. you're, you're on to this because I think we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. You know, you can ask them, what are you, or you tell them one or the other, what are you looking for right now? Are you looking mm-hmm. for empathy or yeah. are you looking for a strategy? Yeah. And she said, because there's nothing worse than mm-hmm. you just sort of unloading some heartache or something difficult or whatever on someone else because you need someone to hear whatever it is that's on the top of your mind and then they're trying to solve the problem for you when that is not what you were looking for the only thing you wanted was just them to listen to you and say oh that's really crappy you know and so she she said that she'd done so some of the sometimes through the book she'll say that you know she was thinking about a certain question and she so she put it on her instagram stories as a poll yeah so she put this as she she said what would you prefer someone to listen to you or someone to strategize with you like and like find a problem or like find a solution to the problem she said she had four thousand respondents on the instagram story poll 70 percent of them said they would prefer someone to just listen yeah and and I thought, you know, that is so okay. So then I was thinking about first of all, that's absolutely so important because there's nothing worse than telling someone that something really crappy happened and then they're like, Okay, but did you do this? But did you try yeah. that? But did you ask this? And I'm like, Can you not just be mad that this happened for exactly. me? <laughs> That's all I wanted from you right now, you know, but sometimes, sometimes we need, like, as the listeners, we need to be told that that's what you're looking for. Yeah. But I, you know, do you though? I think it depends on the relationship that you have with the person that you're on. Like I, I personally, if something is really bothering me, you know, that you won't even hear about it until generally, unless it's. There are times recent, like there recently a time that it just happened, and then you were the one who was the recipient of that. But, but, but usually t- I'm not. No, n- and nobody is. Like yeah. Phil, like Phil, will, I'll say I haven't even told Henny yet, and he's like, "You haven't?" And I'm like, <laughs> "No, because I have to, I have to get to a place myself with whatever it is if it's that upsetting to for me." For sure, for sure. But, but I also know. That you're not going to be like, well, did you think about what role you played in that? No. That is not, you could be thinking, you might even be thinking that, or you may, you may be thinking like, okay, Sandy, I know exactly how you are. And this is probably blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you wouldn't say that to me at that no. point. Later, you might, because mes- you're very good at this too, messaging me stuff. And I'll be like, mm. Mm. <laughs> like, I know I can't fool you. That's the thing. I cannot fool yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I do try to be as honest as I can, but I also know that the first thing you're going to be like is that's really shitty. Yeah. Like I want, there are times when you just want that other person to be as mad about something as you are. Yes. Like what did they do? That's bullshit. Yeah. That's all you need. I don't need you to tell me this, that, and the next thing. No, no. Yeah. I just, you know what I think it is sometimes is I think we just need the verification 
Yeah. That if we're mad about something, there's a reason for us to be mad about something. Or if we're upset about something, there's a reason for it. Or if we think something is stupid, it's because it is. Like, like we just need someone else to agree with us so that we know, okay, so I'm not crazy right now. This is like a really infuriating thing that's happening. Okay, now I can move past it. But I just needed to make sure that I yeah. wasn't being crazy, you know? <laughs> yes. no. And you've got those two. I'm like, okay, am I wrong here? Like, am I overreacting? And there are times when I have be a hundred percent like, oh my God, like I totally did the wrong thing. I totally said the wrong thing. Like where I already know and acknowledge it. I don't need you to be like, yeah, you're such an asshole. Of course not. No. You know, because yeah. I already know I'm an asshole. But maybe if you have people in your life that aren't as intuitive, that that aren't necessarily doing that for you, then this is a way to sort of build that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe this is the sort of the way in. Yeah. And you could even preface like how easy would it to be to be like, I'm going to tell you something right now. I just need you to like agree with me or I just need you to, you know, or, I, you know, don't give me a way to solve the problem. I just need you to listen, you know, yeah. like, like, and yeah. I think people, I think for the most part, people would be receptive to that because the thing is, if it's someone who, if you're talking to someone who cares about you, they mm-hmm. want to give you the response that is going to be helpful for you in like helpful to you in the moment. hundred percent. So if we apply that to WW. Yeah. How, you know, so many, I mean, we're very fortunate because the people who are in our immediate lives are pretty um, supportive of, yes. and, you know, and they're not trying to sabotage. No. But but there are a lot of people that do have other people that they are living with that yeah. aren't yeah. as supportive. Yeah. And, but they never are out up front with them to, people try to do things because they think that that is the thing that they need to do to support you. But if it's not what is, if, if it's having the opposite effect on you, you have to be honest and let them know what it is that you need from them. Yeah. Because they're not mind readers. Mm-hmm. And so, you mm-hmm. know, they may say a comment like, well, do you really think that you need to have another cookie? Mm-hmm. Like, even in a nice tone and mm-hmm. trying to say it in the nicest way, that is never received nice. You, no. You, no one, nobody receives that nicely. No. It, and so you leave the other person trying to figure out, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do. And then you're mad and resentful because yeah. they're not being supportive, but you haven't told them what it is that you need mm-hmm. from them. Yeah. And it's, but it, why is it, it feels, I, I know it's hard to do when it's, when it's like people that are very close to you, mm-hmm. it can be very difficult to do, mm-hmm. but if you, but if you tell them what you want or what you need from them and they don't give you that, that's, that's one thing. Yeah. 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 That's a, di- that's a different issue Correct. that needs to be dealt with. Yeah. 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 But you can't expect people to read your mind. You know what else I think happens sometimes? And this, and this is, this is something she talked about in this book as well. It was, it was, it really was a great read. Yeah. It sounds like um, it is sometimes we 
put things on other people. So like, I'm just thinking about this exact example that you're talking about, like people that we live with, like just thinking of some of the common things that I hear WW members say. And like, one of them is like, well, I really like, I don't want to, for example, I don't want to snack after a particular time, Mm -hmm. but when, you know, we sit in front of the television, then, you know, my partner needs to have, you know, their bowl of chips. Mm -hmm. Okay. If that is a conversation that you've had with your partner and your partner has said, you know what, I don't really care that this is not good for you. I need to have my bowl of chips. That is, that's, that's a real challenge. Yes. For sure. But how many times do you want to bet that that conversation has never happened mm-hmm. and that this idea that, that you as the member have, that your partner has to have their bowl of chips, like that's all in, like you have built that in your head, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And, and so, and so maybe if you said, you know what, I'm really trying not to snack after whatever time can when we watch television together this evening can you not have a snack like there's a part of me that that thinks a lot of partners would be pretty receptive to that yeah now maybe Which, i'm naive in, yeah. in in having people in my life who who are and and have been receptive to conversations like that but i guess i guess what i'm saying is it's really important that we actually ask the person instead of us just assuming that because Mm -hmm. something has happened a certain way that that's the way they expect it to go correct but it's also it also has to do with the the way in which we communicate that yes it's like for sure you know i'm trying to lose weight and i'm trying not to snack and you do you really have to have that bowl of chips every night Put, not a helpful not, conversation. Not a helpful conversation. No. no. <laughs> I've, I've, I've tried it, but. <laughs> Tick, speak, speaking from experience, not a good situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No, for sure. The, the way that things are worded and the tone of voice and all of that is is important for sure and and it's hard like it's very easy to speak in hypotheticals it's hard in the moment it's hard it's these are challenging conversations to have Mm -hmm. right and especially when you're having them with people who are close to you like they're they're emotionally charged right i think especially like i mean any sort of boundary setting with people who are close to you whether it's about things you're willing to do or not do uh things that you need or don't need like anything but but i think when things are related to food and weight and i mean at least for me like those are emotionally charged topics yeah and the emotion doesn't need to be anger it can also be like uh crying like oh yeah uh like emotional yeah uh yeah upset yeah 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 very which which is some which is sometimes why we don't have those conversations because we already know that I know for me I'm always I I play the like I'm 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 talking the whole conversation through so Mm -hmm. that when I say it that I make sure that I have everything that I want to cover and that I already can feel myself getting upset just (laughs) practicing it and and you need to get to that point where that isn't going to be because you Mm -hmm. you almost never 
get to complete your thought. Yes. Once you get to that point and it starts, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's nothing about it that's easy. No, no. That's why we're, we're continuously evolving. That's the thing. That's it. That's it. So the last thing that I want to say about this book is, is the, the way that it was organized was that she gives like a little anecdote. She gives some research and talks about like what the strategies are and how you can, how you can use them. And then she gives you a little exercise to do. And so one of the exercises, and this was at the, in the section where she's talking about like what you were saying, not over committing to things. And so the exercise, she called it the what's on your plate exercise. Mm -hmm. And so she said, take like some time to make a list of all of the things that are on your plate to do like in a given day today. So all the things that you have to do today. And then she said, code them. So she said, like, put a little like check mark beside the things that you're doing because they're fun. Put like a little like, you know, clock or something because you need extra time to do those things. Um, Like put a little like an exclamation mark beside the things that you absolutely have to get done. Like, you know, to, to figure out, because she said, if you see that number one, it's going to help you prioritize. And number two, it's going to help you see what the balance is in your life. Mm -hmm. As far as how many things that are on my plate today, am I doing because I have to do them? Am I doing because they're for work? Am I doing because they're for fun, whatever. But then, so that, that was all quite fine. But then the last thing she said was, and then go back through the list And she said, anything that you're doing for Mm. yourself, put a number one beside. And anything Mm -hmm. that you're doing for someone else, put a number two beside. And she said, and if the twos outweigh the ones, you've got a bad one too. (laughs) You know, if you're just thinking about, like, thinking about all the things that you feel like, you know, when you wake up in the morning, it's like, okay, here's what's on my plate today. And then if you were to code them by here are all the things that I'm doing for me and here are all the things that I'm doing for others, for my boss, for my parents, for my kids, for, you know, for my friends, whatever. So just simple exercise and yet pretty, I think pretty telling about, you know, how thin we stretch ourselves. And I think, I think that that a lot of people would find that they have more twos than they have ones on their list. I think so too. I think so too. I mean, at this point in my life, I don't, but there have been points in my life that hundred percent, what would be really interesting is that once you've identified the twos are the things that you really like there, someone has asked you to do. Mm-hmm. Like, are they actually really things that you need to do? Are they things that you've perceived that you needed to do for somebody else? I think that would be really interesting. Yes. You've made an assumption that it's expected of you to do, but it's not necessary. Right. And so what would happen if you just didn't do that? Yes, exactly. Exactly. So that's Set Boundaries, Find Peace. That's the book. And Mm -hmm. I just think, like, like a lot of the things we talk about, and I know we said this last week too, like, it's just so applicable to WW, but so applicable to so many other aspects of our lives too. 
Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm just having like a ding, ding, ding here. Okay. Because thinking about the ones and the twos, what, like if you applied that to your shopping cart? Ah. Ones are the things that you are buying for yourself. And yeah. the twos are the things that either you're buying because someone else has, you know, a specific, like it's maybe something you don't like, or are there things in there because I'm buying them for my kids I'm buying them. I have to have them in my house because of my partner. Mm -hmm. I mean, the number of times that, you know, I've done that myself. I've heard other people say, well, I have to buy cookies for my kids and I have mm -hmm. to have candies in here. But do you? What did I buy a couple of weeks ago that I bought for my brother and then I ate it? What was that? The buns? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm right. like, can I say it? I was like, is this a trick question? You're no. <laughs> I forgot what it was. <laughs> like, no, I bought, yeah, I bought a package of like bakery hamburger, like bakery style hamburger buns. Cause I thought, oh, like, cause my brother was staying with me. I thought this will be great. He'll love it. And then I ate all of them. Not all of them. Almost. Almost. There was a dozen in it, right? Because you told me you ate six one day and four another. Oh, then there must have been a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> I ate six and four. I ate ten. <laughs> Correct. That's what happened. If I told you, that's what happened. Because <laughs> I said to you, Henny, what? When, and actually, I didn't say, ooh. Better, I said, why did you buy the buns? Why did you have them? In <laughs> that's, why did you have them? That's what I needed to hear, though, because because I knew because you know you know when you buy yeah. things and like guys that they're for someone else because James yes, is coming exactly disguised. That's exactly <laughs> the thing. Like it was like oh I'll buy these for James, but not really. But I'll say that that's what I'm doing. Oh dear. That's because we'd had a conversation about like hot pockets and stuff like that because you said oh yeah. Those things don't turn your crank, so you yeah. wouldn't have them be in the fridge or whatever, which is just good because otherwise that's a danger. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. He lo he loves a pizza pop. Yeah. Like, I I don't. No, they don't do anything. I mean, for me. I'm sure if you offered me some money, I'd eat it. But like, yeah, if I was starving, I would eat it. But it wouldn't be. No, there is nothing. Yeah, there's nothing about it that is appealing to me. So they can they can sit in my freezer. Yeah, peanut butter and jam on saltines like that would be dangerous to have. Uh, that would be a disaster. I mean, that would be a beautiful, delicious disaster over well, here. It just reminded me, my mom used to give us in our lunch saltines, and then it would have margarine and butter on them, and like she'd put like a put them together, and they were like I I just I can see it wrapped in saltines. Oh, oh my goodness! Yeah, like premium plus crackers. Yes, honey. Strawberry jam. Oh, that is some good eating there. Good eating. <laughs> Back to basics, baby. Back to basics. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sounds like a fabulous read. Mm -hmm. really I, I love the way that we can, it, it's written, you know, the, in a context for one thing, but it, again, you can apply it to so many different aspects of life, things that we do. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Okay. So 
I ended up in the like a different screen in my podcast app, not yeah. the one where it's like the things you're currently listening to, yep. but like the other screen. And it was like, you might like this, you know, based on other things you've listened. And so yep. the podcast is called the Body Image Podcast. Okay. And the host is Corinne Dobbis, who she's um a registered dietitian and she's also an intuitive eating counselor. Okay. And so she's, anyway, I think the podcast has like four seasons or something. Like, I think it's been around for a while. I've never seen it before, but I, like, I clicked on it just to see, and I was scrolling through and looking at some of the titles. And so one of them was an episode that was called how to be confident and love your body at any size. And I was like, Oh, that sounds interesting. And so I clicked on it and the guest that she had on the podcast, her name was Victoria Wellsby and she has a Ted talk. So I was like, wow, I have to watch the Ted. So I listened to the podcast episode and then I was like, I have to watch the Ted talk. Anyway, (laughs) It was very interesting. So this girl, Victoria Wellsby, who has the TED Talk, I don't know if you would call her a motivational speaker or, you know, what it is, but she is all about body positivity and, um, like, anti-fat phobia. Okay. And, And so she's speaking about being against diet culture and being for... Um, you know, appreciating and celebrating your body no matter what the size is. And and so it was just, yeah, it was really, it was an interest, it was interesting to watch her and to listen to her on her TED Talk because, of course, it's a video, right? So you can see her and you can see her facial expressions and her body gestures. And, and, uh, and she was, you know, an interesting speaker. And just to listen to her talk a little bit on the podcast as well, especially because a few weeks ago I had been talking about that, the book that I read yeah, um, that was also around the same sort of topic, right? This idea yep. of, you know, living in a society that is fat phobic and that people are unconsciously trained by society to believe that you know carrying extra weight is bad um ugly disgusting lazy like whatever Mm. pejorative term you want to use and you know and just to hear her talk about the way that society builds this sense of thinking but then also the way that people who carry extra weight themselves also have this internalized way of thinking because we also live in this society. Like it was really interesting just to hear another take on it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'll, I'll put the, I'll put those names and things in the notes in in case, in case anyone's interested in that particular topic and want to sort of explore that a little bit further, but yeah, it's hard for me to think a little bit about that because often when you're listening to people talk about being anti-fat phobic that that is not okay which I fully agree it is not okay to be discriminatory against people who who carry extra weight who are considered fat by whatever standard by whatever measure you want to use um but then also the this way of thinking and speaking also tends to be so anti-diet culture, which I also am. 
But yeah. then I also like, I feel like I'm walking the boundary because I, I, I do feel that my weight loss has improved my life uh-huh. in a lot of different ways. And I yeah. do feel healthier and better for having removed that weight. That's not to say that other people have to do the same thing that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I and I 100% believe that there are more measures of health than your weight. I mean, you know how anti BMI I am. So yeah. you know, so so it's it's an in, it's always interesting for me to hear these conversations because I feel really strongly about all of the things that they're saying, but I also exist in this sort of like middle ground area, which is weird. Yeah, I, 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 I get that. I, I feel the same way, but I also think I have, sometimes I feel like I um, read, um, listen to somebody talk about body image and about, you know, um, being very like happy with, with the, the size of the body that they're in, whatever it may be. And I, I'm a hundred percent for that, that people should feel, feel great about, you know, where they are. But I also sometimes, and I can be completely wrong and it's, I'm just going to be honest, feel Mm -hmm. like it's, it's almost and a reason to not be concerned because when you carry more weight, there are, it's not just about the way that you, like the amount of space that you take up and, and, mm-hmm. and, and that it's also, it, it does have an effect on how healthy you are. Mm-hmm. Your body, their body does get stressed by carrying more weight. Mm-hmm. And so you, there, there, there is a legitimate reason for concern for most people who are carrying extra weight. That's separate from feeling like really proud and good about yourself because of your, of the, of the size of your body. So I find that I feel like I'm walking like this middle kind of, you know, on this tight rope of, so. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's And I think that's why it kind of caught my eye. And I was like, Ooh, I'm interested in like watching this, listening to this, because it is a, a topic that I, Although I feel really strongly about it, I also like sometimes there are like little tidbits that I hear that I'm like, ooh, ooh. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's just, it's good for, it's food for thought. For sure. For sure. And it, I mean, it's just like, it, I mean, it's like anything. I mean, there's always, there's, very rarely do we have things that we're 100%, you know, yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. always something that maybe doesn't resonate 100% with us Correct. or sit yeah. right, but yeah. it's but the majority of it is, you know, but oh. you're right. It does give you things to think about it. It's good to, to reopen conversations about things. And we also, our thoughts change surrounding things, right? Yeah. The different experiences that we have and the different people that we um, are, you know, surround ourselves with. Mm-hmm. It's a complicated world we live in, Henny. I, very complex. I, very complex. I mean, <laughs> There are so many, so many things that, you know, we're trying to solve here and we're not getting anywhere. 
don't have a good strategy for small talk. Don't really, you know, know the be all and end all way to set a boundary. Certainly don't have the, uh, the last, the last point on, uh, you know, what to do with, with, with the weight health continuum. I mean, no, no. Ask, asking more questions than giving answers. That's what we're doing on beyond the weight. (laughs) (laughs) but i think that's good i think that's a a, it's a you know that's certainly the life i want to lead i want to be always curious Curious. about things and asking questions yeah Yeah. if you have some suggestions or answers to some of these you know Uh, if you are a small talk connoisseur i need strategies help help (laughs) sos all right sandy i will catch you next week (laughs) all right have a good one thanks for listening everyone and uh have a, a restful day ciao